Hello and welcome to the Flex. It's Matt St. Jean here with Joe Howie. Joe, I'm coming to you from Madison Square Garden as the DePaul St. John's game is being played. You're at home, you're going to be here in the morning. But what a game we just had between Xavier and Butler. The Friars are going to draw Butler tomorrow at noon. But for most of it, it did not seem like that was going to be the case. No, Matt, and I am totally envious that I did not take off work today. Um, as you said, I'll be joining you in the press booth tomorrow. But after watching that first game, I definitely had some severe FOMO watching from my couch. But nevertheless, that was one hell of a basketball game. And what a way to kick off the Big East tournament. I, I couldn't imagine any more of a Big East game than that one. Um, like you said, for a majority of the game, it seemed like Xavier was going to run away with it. But you, you got to give Butler a lot of credit. They they scratched and clawed their way back into that. That's an emotional win for them and a devastating, gut-wrenching loss for Xavier. Yeah, and I think it kind of goes to show, to a certain extent, it doesn't, one, it doesn't matter how hot, how hot you are coming into March because Butler dropped. They, they lost their last five games. Everybody, I mean, everybody was assuming this is just a loss. And for much of the game, Xavier was clearly the better team. The problem yeah. is he got to hit your shots. And they were not hitting enough shots early in the game. They could have run away with it. They didn't didn't hit what they needed to. And at the end, they couldn't hit their free throws. And at the end of the day, it's the Lithuanian, Simas Lakosius, coming away as the star. Yeah, I, I mean... You talk about Lacocious, you talk about uh, Chuck Harris, who fouled out. He had 29 points. I mean, this I wouldn't go as far as saying that this was a, a well-rounded effort by Butler by any stretch of the imagination, but it was definitely a solid effort, you know. Um, and back to, to your point that you brought up about Xavier hitting shots, the most important shots that Xavier missed were from the free throw line. I mean, my goodness, they missed four in a row at one point in the second half when they were up. And that 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 end of regulation sequence with Xavier missing free throws and Paul Scruggs letting his emotions get the best of him. Uh, that was the game right there, and then Butler so, kind of sealed it in overtime. Joe, do you want to know why Paul Scruggs fouled? Because he thought they were up three. He thought they were up three. Travis Steele all but confirmed it after the game, and that right there, that's the kind of play. That's why Xavier, as of right now, probably will not be dancing. They might be NIT bound if they decide to do it. They decided not to last year because they make too many of those mistakes. And like you said, four missed free throws. They were up four with, I think, 40 seconds left. Go to the free throw line, miss both of them. Scruggs. Colby Jones gets the rebound off the miss, gets fouled. He misses both of them. You hit even one of those, and this is a very different ballgame. So, really unexcusable. They were 11 of 25 from the free throw line in the second half in overtime. Yeah, that's... Matt, the words you d you said is perfect. It's it's inexcusable, you know. Especially uh, the 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 phrase that I would use to describe Xavier is you're you're playing for your life in that game right there, and you uh, you just did a poor job of it. I, I mean, you you controlled most of the game, and you, you, for lack of a better term, you pissed it away at the free throw line. Uh, Paul Scruggs, who ha had the chance to have you know a magical senior run as as a chippy guard in the tournament. Let's the his emotions get the better of him. He, you know, commits a foul on the offensive end, turns the ball over to Butler. Then he has that fantastic, really pretty layup under the rim and one. Then, you know, you see an emotional celebration. That's fine. I'm fine with celebrating. But then 
you miss the free throw after the emotional celebration, and then you foul thinking you're up three. I, I mean, talk about, you know, just lack of composure there, and then, you know, the rest of the game is history. You know what happens next. Yep, just, yeah. And that here's the thing. That last foul fouled him out. If Xavier doesn't go to the dance, and they decide not to go to the NIT, they don't accept that bid again, which they did last year. Yep. That was that was the last play in Paul Scruggs' college career, fouling while you think you're up three when you're actually up two to send the game to overtime. Yeah, that, I, and, and and you, uh, you, I know you couldn't see this because it, you weren't watching the broadcast. You're at the game, but. Scruggs' face, he, he looked devastated, like on the verge of tears. Today is his birthday. Uh, I just, yeah. y- you have to feel bad, you know, just yeah. for, for him, for Xavier, for the fan base. That's a gut-wrenching loss. Um, you feel bad for them, but you're also, you're, you're breathing a sigh of relief because that's a team Providence did not want to see in the yeah, Big East they, tournament. Yeah, they had Nate Johnson. He was on his knees at the end of the game. He didn't want to leave the court. And this has been three years of this now for Xavier of having high-pressure situations at the end of the season and really not performing in a single one of them. So a lot of storylines heading into the offseason for the Musketeers. But there is a basketball game tomorrow at noon, and (laughs) it's going to be Providence against Butler. The Friars swept Butler this year. They beat him at home back on a Sunday in January right after the COVID pause. It was a relatively close game, um, but the Friars pulled it out at the end. Was that? I think that was the game where Ed Cooley had him doing breathing exercises in the huddle late. Was that, <laughs> that one of the Georgetown game, both were that week? It, it was one, yeah. It was one of those. And then the return trip out to Hinkle late in the season. No Al Durham, a surprise for everybody when that came out right before the game. And the Friars get taken overtime, but come back with a huge second-half comeback. Jared Bynum going off. Huge shots from Noah Horkler, and then doing enough to win the game in overtime. So one close one, one game that was not quite as close. How do you think the Friars fare the third time around? Can they go 3-0 and against Butler this year? I, I think it, it is very possible for this Providence team to go 3-0 against Butler. But, you know, I think the, the room, f- the margin of error has to be, you know, not slim to none. You, you cannot you cannot play the way you did in the first half at Hinkle Fieldhouse. You cannot play as inconsistently as you did at the dunk. Um, if you want to be Butler, you have to put your foot on the on their jugular and, and start applying pressure early and often. Um, and. and this is something I, I think from the fans perspective, I don't really know what Ed Cooley or the players were thinking, but from the fans perspective, you know, we're kind of relieved to be playing Butler. Um, Xavier kind of had our number all year. Um, you know, it took us a buzzer beater and three overtimes to beat Xavier. It took us, what was this margin of victory at the dunk? It took us seven points at the dunk to beat Butler and a 19 point overcoming a 19 point second half deficit and an overtime to win by one at Hinkle. So this is a really tough Butler team. It was a really tough Xavier team. It was a toss up between, you know, which one you would rather play. But I think Butler edges Xavier just because uh, on paper, Providence is the better team. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right there. Ken Palm right now in its projection gives the Friars a seven point edge. It has it has a prediction of almost the exact score that these two teams had at the dunk back in January. That feels about right. I think rest is going to be a factor here. Butler just played an overtime game. It'll be a 
17-hour turnaround between when they leave the garden and when they got to be back here to play tomorrow. I mean, when you consider when they actually leave and when they'll actually get here in the morning, it's a lot shorter than that. It's going to be quick for these guys. They're going to go home. They're going to rest. They're going to watch a little bit of film, maybe do some scouting, and they're going to be right back here to play a game. The Friars have not played since last Tuesday. What, nine days of rest for them since that Villanova game? And they'll have a healthy and rested, at least somewhat healthy, and definitely rested Al Durham. Yeah, a great point, Matt. You know, it, 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 Butler capitalized on the absence of Durham when we played them at Hinkle Fieldhouse. Durham was one of the leading scorers when we played them at the dunk. So I think he'll definitely be a difference maker. I think another difference maker is going to be A.J. Reeves. Um, there's definitely been a lot in the media and, and in the Friar Twitter space as of recently about, you know, Reeves' emergence this season and, and how he's he's been shooting the lights out the past couple of games. And, you know, for someone who was touted as, you know, NBA potential his freshman year, he's gone through highs, he's gone through lows. He's putting it all together at the right time. He's someone who, you know, didn't I think he was still out, if I'm incorrect. No, he was still out during the first time we played Butler. The second time we played them, he only had six points. Mind you, they were two huge threes that, uh, you know, essentially kept the Friars hanging by a thread late in that first uh, second half. He's going to be a guy to watch. And then, of course, you know, Nate Watson in the paint. Clear size advantage over Butler's bigs. And as we saw tonight, you know, uh, Jack Nungy had his way in the paint. You know, it's it's a shame that his performance was wasted, but he had his way over Butler's bigs. So Watson should go to work tomorrow. Absolutely agreed. This is a Butler defense that really has not been very good in the paint all year long. The Friars exploited it the first time around. The second time around, things were a little bit dicier in that one when it came to the paint offense at points. And then Nate Watson put it all together, and he had 22, 10 of 15 from the field. So, yeah. The Friars should be able to work this Butler defense. Also, a lot of offensive rebounds, 12 offensive rebounds for Providence the first go-around. So guys like Watson, Bullcourt, Manaya, Croswell, going to have opportunities for second-chance points here galore. Xavier, Xavier definitely had second-chance points. Butler also had their fair share. So the Friars got to be clean on the glass to win this one, make sure it's not an upset. I will say, at least as of where things stand right now, this is going to be a quad three game for Providence. Unless Butler really moves up in the net, this is going to be a quad three game. So really, it's one you can't afford to lose from a, from a seeding perspective. If the Friars lose this one, they may find themselves dropping to a five. So they're going to be expected to win. I, we don't have a betting line yet, but I expect it'll probably be seven, eight, nine point spread. Uh, honestly, Matt, you know, just, just with the way Vegas has behaved towards Providence lately, I'm, I would expect a tighter spread. I'd say two and a half, three, if I'm going to be completely honest. I think Providence should be favored. Um, but just based uh, on, you know, t- games that we were supposed to win that we did win, the spread wasn't necessarily generous. So I think you're, you're absolutely right that we'll be favored. Don't know, you know, I don't know necessarily the number. I, I think it's going to shock us. Yeah, we'll see what it is probably come the morning. But the the Friars actually have been kind of on the opposite end of where Butler is before. You go back, you remember this, Joe, back to the 2019 Big East Tournament. Providence, Butler had a 7 o'clock game Wednesday night. Friars win that one. And then you got to turn around and come play Butler or we come play Villanova the next day. Friars couldn't get that done. Lost by 11 points. Now it's the Friars as the one seed getting that extra rest against the team on a short break. 
So hopefully, I mean, this is where if the, again, if Providence is a top four seed, they're one of the best teams in the country, which we expect them to be. We think they are. We think they've proven you win this game. Yeah. And hopefully you win it in a decisive fashion. Yeah, no, Matt, and great point. If Providence is one of the best teams in the country, you're a top four seed. They've proven time in and time out that they are one of the best teams in the country. You know, there's no exceptions. The expectation is that you win this game tomorrow. Then you you go on to Friday and then you face who you face. But the expectation from the fan base, the expectation from the coaching staff and from the players holding themselves accountable is that you win this game tomorrow. Um, And I I did want to go back to the comment you made about rest. Keep in mind, this was an emotional, emotional victory for Butler. Um, Emotionally draining, physically draining, an overtime game um, and a game in which you had to crawl back from, you know, being down. Um, Something I want to note too is this game was not necessarily well-rounded for Butler, which I think is advantageous for us. Um, Chuck Harris at 29, Lukosius at 27, and then Enzi had 15. You had three guys in double figures. No one else breached nine. No one else breached seven points. So if you're the Friars, you know, uh, who, you know, typically enter games with a more well-rounded approach, this is an opportunity to kind of to share the sugar and spread the wealth. You know, I think defensively, if you can lock down whoever's hot on Butler, you know, you can have the game in your hands. Xavier obviously didn't have the capabilities to do that tonight, but Providence has proven they're a much better defensive team than Xavier. Yeah. Yeah, and this is, the Friars have some of those matchup guys. Again, I think having Al Durham really helps there on the defensive end. You can put him against Chuck Harris. Harris is a lot younger. You can put him against Seamus Lacocious, and you're not going to worry. I mean, you can have Breed out there against those guys. You can have Reeves out there against those guys. Heck, I don't even think you're that worried about Bynum on some of those guys and you're going to be in decent shape plus you have Manaya, that guy who you can put on anyone and you might see him on NC you could see him in a lot of different spots in this game it'll be interesting to see how they use them I think no matter what the one-on-one matchups are the Friars should feel good about them on defense this is a Butler offense that really has has not been very good this year Butler Butler's defense in Ken Palm is just inside the top 100 their offense is barely inside the top 200 they are a small team they do not shoot the three well and they I mean they've only really had good games when they have their they're on shooting performances from deep if they can't shoot the three ball at all we said this last couple times that shot's not followed for them they have really really struggled to score at all so you got to close out you got to play them outside in in some ways I don't I'm not worried about Butler beating them up in the paint no, and great point about Butler's three-point shooting, Matt. You know, I think this is something that we've seen the Friars progressively improve on throughout the entirety of the season is three-point defense. Um, I'm going to leave an asterisk next next to this because I think high ball screens kill us with respect to three-point defense, but I digress. Um, you know, I think three-point defense and necessarily, you know, um, closing out on your defenders and, you know, picking up uh, on the switches, not on ball screens, but um, – you know, just picking up where other guys leave off with respect to three-point defense has been something the Friars have improved on. Um, we saw in the last matchup, Butler tried to exploit the, the pick-and-roll offense and Providence's inability to defend following that that brutal loss against Villanova. Um, let's see if they try that again. Um, and if they do, I hope that we're prepared to defend it better um, because that's how they got that last shot off. You know, we're lucky they, that it was it – was, 
it didn't go in. Uh, I think that is where you can say luck um, because that guy had a wide open shot at Hinkle Fieldhouse to win the game. Yeah, I agree there. Agreed on all fronts. This game's going to be at noon on Fox Sports 1 here at Madison Square Garden. I don't know if there's a whole lot more to add here. Friars, I mean, these two teams have already seen each other twice. I don't think there's going to be a lot of surprises. It's going to be a bad execution. The Friars are the better team. They've executed at a higher level and more consistently all year long. You just got to go out there and do it again. Have an, have an average or better Providence performance, and they should be feeling pretty good about this game. Yeah, absolutely, Matt. Um, you and I will both be there. So if you're a, uh, a Flex podcast listener and you are in the building, feel free to reach out to us um, on Twitter. If you're in our Flex Twitter group chat, reach out to us. We'd love to meet some fans, obviously not you know during the game, but before or after, if you're there, shoot us a message. We'll come find you. You come find us. You know, this is what it's all about. Yeah, then this should be hopefully a good one. Hopefully the Friars are walking away from this one happy and with a date Friday evening with a win. They will play 6.30 Friday night against either Creighton or Marquette. That's the lineup right now. That game will be immediately after the Providence game here at Madison Square Garden. That's how things look right now. The Friars coming into this game have the best record in the Big East. 14-3 in conference play, 24 and 4 on the season for Butler. They're 14 and 18 now on the season. They finished conference play 6 and 14. Butler 126 on Ken Palm. Friars right now 35. All the metrics say this should be a Friars win. We'll see if they can actually pull it out tomorrow at noon. For Joe Howie, I am Matt St. Jean. This has been the Flex Hoops. Follow us on Twitter. Follow Big East Coast Bias on Twitter where we write. That's where why we're at these games. Um, Follow our personal accounts. Subscribe wherever you're listening to this. Give us a nice rating. Give us that five-star rating. We know you all love us. Unless you're, I don't know, a sneaky Butler fan coming in here, then then you can leave. Uh, but, yeah, that's the setup. We're going to be talking to you tomorrow after this one. Once again, that's Joe Howie. I'm Matt St. Jean. This is the Flex News Podcast. Thank you for listening. Go Friars. <laughs>